Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen, of course, right? Who else is hosting this? What if I need a co-host someday? Who, who would fill in? A family member? A celebrity? Probably Leo or Harrison Ford, I would think. Who else is going to host this thing? Um, the title of this episode, this is episode 22, guys. My brother's number was 22 in grade school football. I think they won a, a championship um, the year after a really good team I was on with the same coaching staff didn't didn't even go to the playoffs. So they were very hungry that you're coaching Dennis's team. Coming back, they wanted a title. Welcome to the football podcast by Patrick Keene. That's what this is. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not even a minute in here. Um, thanks for joining, guys. This, this episode's called Off the Road Again. Off the Road Again, instead of On the Road Again. Um, an homage to the Willie Nelson song, On the Road Again, spoofing his song. I switched it to off because it's the opposite of on. Sometimes for comedy, you just switch one word to mean the opposite and laughter ensues. It's so simple. It's so easy. You people have no idea. Uh, I'm spent. I'm friggin' spent. We went from Jackson Hole. I, I went L.A. to Phoenix, to Kansas City, back to Phoenix, up to Jackson Hole, back through Vegas, and just got back late uh, Saturday. It's Monday morning now. Um yeah, so I came back, and now I'm going to L.A. tonight, driving. Um, we did two nights in Vegas. Steve Byrne, Gary Cannon, Monterey Martinez, Quindall, Camilla Cleese, Butch Bradley, Tim Sim, Tom Sim showed up. Uh, it was great. It was just an incredible time. No Brian Regan. This time in Vegas, uh, it was a Friday night show. Thank you to Big Daddy Carlos and Ava Berman once again, really bringing it bringing downtown back and doing some great streaming shows, getting people from all over the world watching uh, concerts, shows of all kinds, from BBB Backstage, Bar, and Billiards in downtown Las Vegas, off Fremont. If you get a chance uh, to go to DTLV, that's the spot. Uh, streaming show streaming shows um, are funky AF because, um, you know, you need to play to the camera. More people are watching via the camera. So you're playing to the camera instead of the audience, which is good for written material. Uh, but crowd work can be tough because it's a social distance thing. There's not much of a crowd to begin with. The camera can't always capture crowd work when it's a full house, let alone when it's a social distancing show. So uh, less, people to, less people to interact with, less people to laugh. And the lack of laughter in the room and the very little resonation uh, can be light. And that can throw a performer off, especially stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy is a specific desired response. It cannot be casual. And it can't be kind of, you know, can't be background. As a comic, if you've accepted that it can be background and like, oh, I can just play this crowd. I'll just do my thing. Whoever likes it, likes it. You're dead in the water. I remember I did a show years ago uh, with Raw and uh, Pat Nay and Matt Knudsen, and it was like a bar show. Carl Gregorio was there, and it was a bar show, and like half the room up front was listening, and the back wasn't, And but I played to the whole crowd, and like the people not, the people that were listening were like, what's this guy doing? And the people who weren't listening were like, what's this guy doing? So nobody enjoyed it, which is fine. And then afterwards, some girl who was like in the closer to the stage area of part of the group that was paying attention was like, you know, some of us were listening. You could have just played to us. And I was like, nah, 
I can't ignore the back half of the room of people. Like, no. Because some comics did okay because they just played to that front half. Willis Turner was there as well. What am I talking about? Um, But if you've accepted that, like, oh, it's just talking, that stand-up comedy, that you can get away with no reaction from the audience, go get into poetry reciting or moth writing because that's not stand-up. Even with more of the storytelling that's happening within stand-up comedy these days, it's still about the laughs. Music can be background at a function, you know? Or if you're giving an instructional talk, you don't really need people responding. People need to just nod along. A play, a musical, opera, people can be non-active listeners, non-active viewers. Stand-up needs the audience. Even a lot of music concerts don't need the audience. Rock and roll does. James Taylor probably doesn't. Okay? Helps. When it's just me on the lineup, then you can phone in the laughter for sure, right? Because there's no response from the crowd. But if uh, it's a full comedy show, then yeah, it's needed. Um, But I hope it continues. I hope to do every couple of months, the backstage bar and billiards. I'd love to hit Vegas a few times a year, especially that venue. You know, you know something, you know what you can expect going in, you know the arrangement, something steady um, outside, a weekend to focus on once every couple of months, uh, striking distance to where you live. You can just drive four hours and you're there. It's very healthy to get away. Growing up, after we moved from Michigan, we should have gone back there once a year. You know, after we moved to Southern California, instead of holding it up on a pedestal, instead of never having like a break from where you live, I think we went back in 85 and 86 for some funerals uh, and then didn't go back for like a decade. By that time, it's over, man. Everyone has moved on. You've changed. The place has changed. It's not the same place. Um, Then I went like Thanksgiving, 95, my sister's graduation, 98. So in adulthood, I've been back a few times and made it more regular. Um, but social media helps. I know people make fun of Facebook. Facebook really helps you stay in touch with people from childhood, reconnect. Sometimes you don't want to. Sometimes you like those people that are, that are lost in your memory. But uh, I think it's helped. It's easy. It's easy punching bag for, for jokers to make. Uh, my grandma got sick in 02. She was the final of my four grandparents who was still alive. Her funeral was later in 02, so I went back for both of those to take care of her a little bit. We... We cut up the time, divvied it up, and then went back um, a couple times. Then uh, was there New Year's 07, two gigs there for the Funny Bone, about five trips for two different gigs at Owens Corning over the years. And uh, But it was those few years after when we left that would have been nice. What is this podcast even talking about? So we did the, we did the streaming show um, from Vegas. I had family in Michigan that I wasn't aware was watching it until like the last minute they sent me a text. Hey, we're watching my aunt Pat, cousins, Tanya, Kim, their family. You never know who's watching. I guess uh, a lot of the show translated because they enjoyed it. At least they said they did. Maybe they had too many drinks. But um, live stream gigs might be the new thing with a small social dist crowd. And then you do the uh, live stream. My voice is kind of shot from a long, long weekend here. Um, the key to that trip that we make to Vegas is that it's a two-night gig and the two nights we choose. We go there on a Thursday. We return on a Saturday. You avoid Friday and Sunday checking in, checking out. It's, it's a perfect gig with a perfect crew, right? Like going Thursday, kind of mellow, especially with the social distance quarantine. Check in, maybe go have dinner together, have a drink, go relax in your room. The next day, take it easy, have lunch. 
then do the show, then you have some drinks, and you leave the next day, decompress with a meal together. You know, and it's a good group, and I and I and I and it made me think about like my circle in show business and my mediocre level of success. You think some day you'll be making more money and being more successful and living in better better place, better neighborhood, better house, driving a better car, wearing better clothes. I like all that. Uh but I don't want different people. You think, oh, I'll be running with a different class of people. I don't want that. I've got the class of people I like. Some do well, some don't, but they're my friends, or I'm friends with them, rather, or both, uh, for a reason, because I like them. They're a good hang. So that's that's something I wouldn't change is my circle too much. There's a few that I could shave, but uh, I wouldn't change that too much. These are the people I want, you know. If anything, I like to treat them to better things. I'd like them to have better things, them to run with better company than me. But uh, I'm wiped out. My mom's wiped out. You know, we drove from here th- through Vegas twice to Jackson Hole and back. We were gone about two and a half, three weeks. Um, you know, it's funny. I was looking forward to just getting back here to Arizona and decompressing before going back to L.A. this week, tonight, uh, where it's cracking 100, even though here it's 115. Uh, but they can handle the 115 here. And I was just going to relax, but uh, now I am here in Arizona, and you know you're automatically worried that you're not doing enough. You're on to the next thing. I'm like, what's next? What's next? You know, we fill our lives with so much busy work. I'm like, just relax. You know, I watched a little TV. I don't really do that at home. I didn't do that on the road, but I was watching a little bit uh, when we got home Saturday night and yesterday. Um, Jackson Hole was amazing. Seeing family, being there for that long really makes a difference. Three, four days a week, even just isn't enough but you really get a taste of their lifestyle and spend quality time with them we're there two weeks before leaving jackson hole my mom and i got to hit a rodeo with cooper our nine-year-old my nine-year-old nephew her nine-year-old grandson and uh you know he loves it all he does all the extreme sports but the great thing about jackson it's also got that country music vibe and country western feel and he loves the rodeo man he went upstairs and got in full regalia right boots jeans belt buckle shirt tucked in nice hat and we're like we're going i just wanted to go just to see you know him enjoy it and everyone's exhausted he's in a, he can be a little bit exhausting uh, with all that energy which is a good thing and uh usually does the he was doing a camp ice skating camp for two weeks and and then he'd go to a skate park when he'd get out of there until dark and ride skateboards and he can't get enough. And then one day, he's like, hey, the, ro- the rodeo's in town. Can we uh, go? The rodeo's always in town throughout the summer there. And I always liked rodeos growing up, you know, for the action as well as the ceremony around it. You know, the pageantry. That's why I love sports, especially football, the pageantry, the Steve and Ed Sables, you know. Um, and in rodeo, especially people dressing up, you know, it's a culture. And uh, my mom and I took him and we went and it was great. little slice of Americana. I went to a few rodeos growing up when we drove through on summer trips through Montana. Um, I think once or twice in Livingston. Then we went uh, in Helena when I was in college. I went to a few. Now I've gone to a couple in Jackson Hole. And uh, and then it was Vegas. So it's great. On the trip, um, you know, the, 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 the arena seats 3,000, but we were only allowed to have 600 people in there, which was... Uh, Social distancing, that's got to be frustrating, man. You can only charge 600 people and you could have filled that with three grand, three thou. 
Uh, and I'll tell you, the women's barrel racing is the, uh, that's the most exciting part for me. As a kid, I like the bull riding, but now the women's, uh, it's so smooth and fluid, and they got to get around those barrels without making them tip and cut corners. Really skilled. And it's cool to watch a woman's long hair. You got, you know, floating full speed, and they're smaller, so they weigh less. Um, so those horses can move, and maybe even throw them off. I don't know if they want to get crazy. God, I mean, is this even a, a, a podcast? Or is this just like a diary? Just reading off my last week? I, I can't imagine anyone. But it's summer. People aren't going to listen anyway, maybe. And there's nothing going on, man. Anyway, uh, yeah, so a lot of driving. Um, finally, finally finished the book Liar's Poker by Michael Lewis, which is... Uh, I've read three Michael Lewis books. One, I understood Moneyball. Two, The Big Short. And this one, Liar's Poker, I didn't understand... I'm probably the dumbest person that's ever read it. I am the slowest person that ever read it, but it's a great book, I think. All about the... I don't even know what it's about. I can't even give you a wrap-up on it. It took me forever. It took me 500 sit-downs to read 300 pages. Uh, Bond Market, New York, Solomon Brothers, 70s and 80s. And uh, how that became a big part of... Uh, the, the mortgage department became the biggest moneymaker for Solomon Brothers. And then the stock market crashed in, uh, what is it, October 87. And I don't know if the Solomon Brothers still exists. I don't even know. I read that book. I don't even know if it exists. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm leaving for L.A. tonight. And i uh, going to get home late. Going to leave late a little, out, wait out some of the heat. You know what I'm saying? And then get out there uh, late tonight. And hopefully it's under 90 or at least in the 80s at, in the evening. I think it will be. This is just too much. Just stay alive in August, man. August and then September. Hopefully it turns a little bit. Still hot in October, but September's where some turns are. Okay. Um, we're about halfway here. Sorry, everybody. 50. I, I keep them short. I keep them to a half an hour. You know, you got to. Um, you don't have to, but when you are when you have this little to say, you should. So uh, we, were, we were exhausted. We got into Vegas on Thursday afternoon, evening, and my mom was exhausted so she stayed in the room the whole trip, uh, wiped out, you know, time spent with the grandkids, staying at their house, so you can't really get away, and you don't know the terrain, so there's no corner for you to go hide in, kind of, and, uh, you know, she's been to Vegas, and um, she's seen it a hundred times. She, should, she doesn't need the casino life, especially with the pandemic in her early 70s, you know. So staying at my sister and brother-in-law's house in jackson hole doesn't want to get doesn't want to spend less time with the kids so really loses sleep i get it you know she's excited about seeing them doesn't sleep well they sleep with her sometime they cling to her they've got legs hanging on her so she tries to catch up during the day but she doesn't really because she's excited about being there and when you're excited about being at a place and uh, it's daytime too it's like even though you are tired you're not going to sleep so she's beat by the time we get to uh vegas in 10 hours of driving you know and she's been to vegas 100 times basketball games dinners and weekends with my dad and stuff you know four hours away from where we grew up but we're downtown you know she's more of a vegas strip type person um we're only going to be there 36 hours so she crashes crashes right when we get there thursday night sleeps late and then a lot of the day saturday no interest in the show like the rest of humanity so stays in i bring her some food she's you know on her phone on the computer on the tv air conditioned huge bed nice room um at the Golden Nugget Casino, which is really where you want to bring your mother. 
Um, and by the way, we got Aubrey and Ryland. It's their birthdays this week, and we got them gifts. And and the bag that we had it in was a Golden Nugget Casino. Pretty funny. So I bring her some food that uh, that Saturday night, and then I go do my show. I come back. She's crashed. I'm sorry. That was Friday night, the show. Okay, then Saturday morning, we're going to leave. Okay. And uh, I'm running back and forth between the car and the hotel. She's getting ready. Um, just kind of chilling on the on the couch. I'm seeing off the other comics. I'm packing the car. I go back to the room to get my mom. I run into a guy in the hallway. You know, he's in the hallway for the elevator. He's about 55, wiped out, like frizzled hair, longer hair, wearing sunglasses. And he says he had a huge night. He, he just talks to me. I think he was looking for someone to talk to, and I was the only one there. So he starts telling me that he had to rush to get a prostitute out of his room so his wife wouldn't uh, see her. But at the same time, he was implying that she knew about it and was cool with it, you know? And so I kind of didn't know what the hell he was talking about. He was kind of all over the place. And I'm like, great, cool. You know, good job, everybody. Uh, he then takes this same conversation about the prostitute and in his room into the elevator where there are other people. And I have to start acting like he's crazy so that I make it clear that I'm not with him or in agreement with him to the other people, even though I'm not seeing them ever again. But, you you know, you have to kind of make that clear. He then gets off on my floor and we walk different directions, thankfully. And he's still talking uh, as we kind of go separate ways down the hall. And I'm like, oh, now he's not even talking to anybody or he thinks I'm still next to him. I go into my room where my mother is watching mass church on her cell phone. Uh, yeah, it was the 15th. It was the Holy Day of Obligation. It's also the day officially World War II ended uh, in the Pacific USS Indianapolis peace, uh, uh, peace treaty was signed. But I walk in within feet. I go from a guy cheating on his wife in the story with a Vegas prostitute and telling me about it. I cross the threshold into my room where my mom's on her cell phone watching mass in a matter of a few feet watching church. It sums up my life. The difference is, like, I'm trying less and less to be that bridge between those two worlds. I used to try to be like, no, this guy's not that bad. And no, even though this person's really far right Christian, they're really with it too. And, and they do have a love of humanity, not just their private little circle. So I've tried to be a bridge for a long time. You know, now, I, now I'm letting people build their own, if they so choose. Let people get shocked, you know. Let them deal with discomfort. Let them learn. Stop trying to soften the blow too much for other people. Not that that guy was following me into my room and forcing his story on everyone, but, you know, I used to be more concerned with imposing upon other people's sensibilities. So I was worried if company didn't match other company at parties, at events. I tried to connect people. And it's like, let them figure it out. Come what may. It doesn't mean I endorse the actions of someone else's behavior or story. You know, I stressed constantly for years. I stressed for years over what, you know, my parents would think of a filthy comic. Not of my act at a comedy show. Or what would my girlfriend think of a filthy comic? You know, not my act. But I stressed about, oh, these other acts. You know, what's this? I know this girl's pretty dirty. I know this guy's really dirty. Oh, man, my parents aren't going to, you know... Not my material others. I shouldn't have to stress about this for one second, you know. Trying to control that situation, impossible. I've learned to warn people going in, and that's all I can do, okay? The world can be an edgy, scary place. 
And that stage has no constraints. I don't endorse what people talk about. And if it's not funny, then go screw yourself. But they're allowed to talk about it on stage. I can't protect people's ears. I shouldn't ever have tried to. Anyway, it was a trip. It was funny. This guy in the hallway talking to me about details with a prostitute. Meanwhile, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing other things here. I don't know why you're talking to me. And then um, we happen to be on the same floor and then walking in and my mom's like, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Um, just to have this guy in my ear talking about a prostitute in Vegas. Because that's what people do there. That's what he said. And then, and then, yeah, crossing the threshold in the room, mother watching church. Very funny moment. A funny moment that I've extrapolated into something entirely different. A funny moment that I've turned into something maybe unfunny. Okay, two-thirds of the way, guys. Stick with me. We're almost home. Um, but that is, it, it, it's a good place to arrive to where it's like, it's on you. I, I can't hold your hand through this. And maybe that's my own imagination, you know, thinking that I was holding someone's hand. They're like, yeah, why were you trying to hold my hand? I can deal with this person at the party, you know, but you want to protect people because all you hear about later is like, oh, he was kind of weird and awkward and horrible, but we just ignored him. And then, uh, you know, later that night he went on to kill or murder same thing right rape um somebody and it's like oh i should have noticed how weird that guy was at the party and then uh, maybe i could have stopped that all right um okay kamala harris the vp pick who knows who cares we'll see what happens i think trump takes it pretty soundly uh but now some of my friends are saying this will be a record voter turnout and that enough people are fed up like people on the right and in the middle are saying that maybe they're worrying i'm i'm protecting myself by saying who cares who knows um but hopefully this orange idiot is is so horrible that he's bringing out a lot of people to vote against him i don't know uh it's hard to knock out an incumbent i don't see him losing kamala harris i mean that's straight casting from central casting right by the dnc black indian parents um it's definitely not about policy no policy is going to change but it's just not trump pence so yeah they'll get my vote but no, po- no policy is not really going to change nothing's really going to change it's just there's going to be a president who's mellow with cognitive decline uh not on twitter or just saying bland mellow hopefully positive things and i'll take that i'll take that yeah you're damn right I was for Bernie, still am. I wanted Bernie and Tulsi, but uh, they were too good for America. America didn't realize it. Big money came in and wiped that out. That's truth. That's truth. Uh, I saw a Biden commercial, and I was just like, save your money, dude. Save your energy. Don't don't even show for the debates. Just let Trump do his thing, and run. and you should run from behind the camera. We know enough. It's just this versus not this it's not even this versus that it's this versus not this you know biden you're not a joy to vote for you're not inspirational you don't stand for anything we just want the orange menace out of the way it's weird when the less embarrassing candidate is the is the one without cognitive decline you know uh i would love if trump loses somehow to someone with cognitive decline and spend the rest of his life complaining and, and just feeling like inadequate and you know he would I mean he'd be fine right he'd still have the following he, and he can have them that dipshit following by the way explicit um, 
There is concern that in a close election, he will not step down. He'll demand recounts and, you know, put us in a police state and it'll be, it'll, it could get messy. And you know he will. He's not going quietly. Um, the bigger, the biggest issue with this Kamala Harris appointment is the appointed VP. She was appointed, she was appointed VP two days after James Kamala Harris, the Ugandan giant from the WWF and professional wrestler died. Are you serious? His name is James Harris. And he played, he played Kamala, the Ugandan giant, and he dies the same week she's selected VP. And we're all just going to gloss over it. Nobody's going to ask questions. Anyway, that would have been a better person running for president than any of the four people, the president and the vice presidents and the nominees. The Ugandan giant. I'd rather have him in there. He was in his early 70s, not sure. Um, anyway, I hope Biden wins. Even if something happens to him, Kamala can step in. We have another election in four years if she's not doing it. She definitely won't run this thing amok. She won't ground the ship like uh, Agent Orange has. Okay. Uh, celebrated niece's birthday, Aubrey, yesterday. My goddaughter, she turned 10. Little Olive Garden action, social distance. Fun. She loves it. It's her favorite place. She wanted to go to tomato pie. Not tomato pie. Tomato something. Tomato pies in Hollywood, which I like. I don't know if they're still around. It was tomato something here, kind of like a uh, soup plantation. I think they closed down, though, so nothing there. Um, so her second choice was Olive Garden, and I would imagine next year when she's 11, she'll want something different. But she really liked it, but that dessert was amazing. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, this week, back in L.A., driving home tonight. Saturday night, if you're around, Bistro K, Laguna Niguel, 7.30 show, Crown Valley Parkway, and Niguel up in that strip mall across from Ballpark Pizza. No cover, no resi needed. Bistro K. And it's going to be a great lineup. Augie Smith, Dwayne Perkins, Karen, Karen Rontowski, and myself doing stand-up hour-long show. And uh, it'll be great. So come take a look. And uh, outdoor, social distance, all that. we got the whole parking lot. It's going to be fun. All right, guys, we're going to wrap up quick tonight. Um, we uh, Now it's time for Keen's Tweets of the Week. Let's have it. Let's have it, guys. Keen's Tweets of the Week. And uh, this is a little something. These are, um, these are heartfelt. These are heartfelt. On Monday, I tweeted, are there atheist mantis? <laughs> atheist mantis. That's pretty good. Instead of praying mantis. On Tuesday, I tweeted, I'm not going to say it's hot, but there's a silver 2014 Camry puddle in my driveway where my Toyota once was. It was so hot, my car melted. That's a joke there. Are my tweets going to need to be explained? On Wednesday, I tweeted, working on an app that helps me put my phone down. <laughs> Get it? Because your phone's always in your hand if you're on the app. So what do you mean? Uh, on Thursday, I tweeted, weird when the more, more embarrassing candidate is the one without cognitive decline. I just said that in the context. In the content. I don't know why I needed to repeat it, but it is a good one. Got some likes. Uh, on Friday, I tweeted, my girlfriend just apologized to me, so we now know that aliens are definitely for real. Get it? Meaning she's been replaced by an alien? Because in the human form... I never would have been apologized to. Isn't that funny? I think in my, in my three-year relationship, I think I apologized. I think, I think I have an apology for every day. 
And then uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, I got maybe two times apologized to me in three years, which is pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, a great quote I heard this week. I don't, I've heard it a few times, but um, it's all about this, uh, the economy and everything. If your employees make more money on unemployment than being employed, you're not a job creator. You're a provider. You're a poverty exploiter. That's a great quote I heard this week. Okay, if, you're an, if your employees make more on unemployment than being employed, you're not a job creator. You're a poverty exploiter. Great quote. So you're giving them motivation to stay on unemployment. Let's figure this out. Um, okay, yeah. Bistro case Saturday night. Um, would have liked to have had another week in Jackson Hole, but you heard two from there. Now I'm in Arizona. This is my third straight week in a car doing the podcast from a vehicle. I'm dying right now. I'm sweating. But uh, I'll be in L.A. from now on indefinitely. Shooting videos, doing Zoom shows, hopefully writing for some corporate shows. Such uncertain times. Uh, good to be going home wherever that is. Who knows, right? Uh, okay, guys. Cool. We finished well below... 30 this week well below one minute anyway thank you love you keen on things podcast please subscribe keen of comedy on instagram twitter tiktok spelled the same way the english band does it k-e-a-n-e keen of comedy thank you